summary of the Sikha. The Sikha is on the Haftarah that we read on Parsha Pinchas this year, which is found by Parsha Matais uh, generally. As uh, was mentioned many times, that the, the, the Haftarahs generally are of the same theme as the Parshas. This, uh, in the next ten weeks, the three weeks before Tishabab and the seven weeks after Tishabab, they relate more to the time that we're in. The three weeks leading up to Tishabab are. Haftaris uh, of rebuke, the ones after Tishabab, the seven weeks of Shivad and Achemta, seven weeks of comfort, but still, since everything in Torah is accurate, so there must be a relationship between the Haftaris, what is discussed in the Haftaris, and what is discussed in the Parsha as well. And we do indeed find a connection, an immediate connection, that both uh, Pinchas, who the Parsha is about, and Yirmiya, who the Haftaris is about, they were both. They both came from backgrounds which were not from Jewish backgrounds. Pinchas came from Yisrael, his mother's side, and Yirmiya came from uh, the the descendants of Rochav. And the, the the Jewish people around them derided them for this. You're not really one of us, and so on. But obviously, there's more than just simply that that connects the two. So we have to understand what is the connection between the Avtaira and the Parsha between Yirmiya and Pinchas. We also have to understand why the, ver- the whole beginning of the Aftairah talks about how Yirmiya became a prophet, a Navi. And the conversation that went on between Yirmiya and Hashem, sending him on his mission of uh, prophecy, and then starts the Navua of the Churban. So the Navua of the Churban, we understand what it's connected to this time, but why is there the introduction where New Yirmiya became a Novi. Why do we read that as well as a part of this Aftarah? And of course we know that both Yirmiya and Pinchas were both working to be Ma'ir, the Yidin Tetshuva, each one in their own way. Yirmiya gave prophecies and rebuked them, and Pinchas went, that he went amongst them in order to bring it to show that they need to do Tshuva and the terrible sin that they had committed. But that's something that all uh, prophets did. And all many leaders did that. So there must be something more specific about the relationship between Pinchas and Yirmiya. So to understand that, we first have to understand what the Gemara says, the difference between Yirmiya and Yeshaya. Yirmiya, it says, is Kula Churbana. He prophesied about the destruction. Most of his prophecies were about destruction. If the Yidin don't do tshuva, then the terrible times that will come upon them. Yeshaya is Kula Nechemta. His prophecy was about the glorious future of the Geula and that Hashem will take care of them and that's how he elevated the Yidin through that kind of prophecy. As their names bring out, Yeshaya means Yeshua and Yirmiya means Mar, bitter, or even uh, a pile of rubble in, in a certain sense. His name represents that as well. And the reason that they prophesied in these two very different ways is because Yirmiya lived in a time when there was... He lived in a time of destruction, in a time of uh, a time of concealment of godliness. Yeshaya lived in the time of the Beis Amigdash, the glorious time. So he talked about revelation of godliness. And that's why Yirmiya spoke about things that pertain to a time of concealment, telling them about if they continue this way, then it will get worse. Yeshaya talked about the great beauty of the Beis Amigdash and the Geula and so on. 
And that's the similarity between Pinchas and Yirmi, because Pinchas also did his Avaida in such a way, talking about the Helen, talking about the concealment, working within concealment. How so? So we'll understand this by first explaining what the Pasuk says. Hashem says that I will, I have given Pinchas a reward of brisi shalom loyal achrav, my covenant of peace that will last for him and his children after him. It goes on forever. Why? Because heishiv is chamosi, he turned away my anger from the Jewish people, and I did not destroy the Jewish people because of him. So the question is, is Pinchas the only one that did something like that? Moshe Rabbeinu, how many times did he turn away the anger of Hashem from the Yidin? And he, he brought about that Hashem should not destroy the Yidin. It happened by the Cheta Egel, it happened by the Meraglim. And so when he did that many times, and yet we don't find that Hashem should say, because of that I will give you eternal uh, covenant of peace. In fact, we find that Moshe Rabbeinu really wanted that his sons should take over his position. And that's what it says in this week's parsha when it says that, that the Moshe Rabbeinu said to Hashem that now that I am not going to be going into Yisrael, I ask you to appoint Ishala a person that should lead the people. And the Gemara says that what he was asking was, appoint my sons to lead in my stead after me. And Hashem said, no, it's going to be Yeshua. So not only was he not given that reward, he was also rejected from that reward. He even asked for it and he was told no. So why is it that Pinchas was zeichet to this kind of Avaida? And the answer, the reason is, there is a difference between the Avaida of Moshe Rabbeinu and the Avaida of Pinchas. Moshe Rabbeinu, the way that he brought about, that he turned away Hashem's anger was, he prayed to Hashem, he davened to Hashem, please forgive them. And Hashem said, okay, I'll forgive them. What was Pinchas' approach? He didn't go to Hashem, he went to the Yidden. And he said, you have to do tshuva. You have to turn yourself around in order that Hashem should forgive you. So he worked with the Yidin themselves. Moshe Rabbeinu worked with Hashem. Another thing was that Moshe Rabbeinu, his Mesiris Nefesh to save the Yidin was a spiritual Mesiris Nefesh. If you don't forgive them, wipe me out of the Torah. I want nothing to do with the Torah anymore. He was willing to sacrifice his spiritual standing over this matter. But Pinchas, he put his life in danger, his actual life in danger. That's not to say that if Moshe Rabbeinu was called upon to give his actual life, of course he would do it. it the point is that his Avedah was such that his requirement, what was required of him was to give Mr. Nefesh spiritually, whereas Pinchas was required to give Mr. Nefesh physically. And the reason for these two differences, because Moshe Rabbeinu's Avedah was Mumayla his method was to bring a revelation of godliness from above and to illuminate the world below. And when that happens, the, the great revelation just automatically transforms, illuminates what's going on down there, and it pushes away any negative, any evil that might exist. Whereas Pinchas' Avaidah was Mumata Lamaila. He worked with the elements from below to transform them and to elevate them to a level where they could receive holiness. And that's why Moshe Rabbeinu's method was to pray to Hashem that Hashem should come down and forgive them. He should illuminate everything and should forgive them. Whereas Pinchas, he had to go to the Yidin and Mumatalamaila, he had to transform the below in order to raise them up to be able to give, uh, gain atonement from Hashem. And the other point, 
Moshe Rabbeinu's Mesiris Nefesh was from the Neshama, from above to below. That's where his Aveda was done. Whereas Pinchas did his Aveda, Mumata, that's why he was working with the Guf, and that's the kind of Mesiris Nefesh that he was, uh, he needed to uh, practice. What is the difference, what are the resulting difference between these two types of Aveda? When you work from above to below, you illuminate the below. But what happens when the air recedes and everything goes back to normal? So then the below was never transformed, so it goes back to its normal state. And that's why, even after Matan when there was such a great revelation, the Yidin was still, sh- and, and it took away any contamination, even from Chetet Tzadas, but the Yidin was still able to build an eagle which brought back all that can- contamination. Because the minute the Eir Mumaila, which they were not ready to receive, ca- receded, so then it went back to normal. Whereas when you work Mumatala when you transform that which is below, that lasts forever. That goes on because there was a transformation of the below. So whatever it accomplished and reached, it will retain. And that's the reason when Pinchas was given the reward, he transformed something for eternity. That's why his reward was also eternal, that his children would have it as well. Whereas Moshe Rabbeinu was a different type of transform. It didn't transform them. It was only temporary, and therefore the, the reward is also doesn't rise to the level of being eternal. And the similarity that we find between Moshe Rabbeinu and Pinchas, we find also between Yeshaya and Yirmi. Yeshaya lived no Mailulamata. He lived in a time of revelation. Yirmiya lived in a time of concealment. So his method of transformation was to elevate the elements from below. And that's why both Yirmiya and Pinchas, it, it, it's expressed by both of them that they came from from families that were not from within the Jewish community, meaning to say that they, uh, their Aveda was done in the elements from below that to transform everything from below and raise it up to a higher, to a holy level. And even though that they were derided for wh- where they came from, they were even able to transform those who derided them. Because when you transform from below, it can even include people that are actually against Kedusha, even that can be transformed. Whereas when it's a revelation from above, that which is against Kedusha cannot be included in that. It can only remove it. It cannot transform it. What is the lesson of all this to each and one of us? There are such people that they want to deal with the neshama issues. They want to learn. They want to daven. They don't want to step out into the world and to try to transform the world. They're not ready for that. They want to work with the neshama. They're not interested in working with the guf. The guf is the outside world within the yid. So they don't want to work with that. Or there are people that say, okay, my own guf I'm ready to work with. But what am I going to do in the outside world? I want nothing to do with the outside world. So the answer to that is, it's not enough. Because working only with the neshama has this, um, in, it has a, a weakness, which is, you don't know if it's going to last forever. You don't know if it has the power to bring you... Because when you're confronted with the outside world, when you're confronted by your body's needs, you may not be ready to up to the task. You only dealt with holy things. You didn't transform anything. Therefore, every yid has to also work with the nishguf. 
You have to be ready to confront the body and you have to learn how to deal with the body and to elevate it. You have to be ready and, and willing to work with the outside world so that if you should have to at some point step out to the outside world, it'll also continue, you'll also have the ability to deal with it. However, the question, of course, the reasonable question is, I'm, deal- I'm in Golos and I'm, how can I deal with this kind of darkness? It can overwhelm me. That's why the beginning of the Aftaira, the whole first section of the Aftaira, in which we are going into an element, to, into a time of darkness, the three weeks which lead up to Tishabov, has to tell us and has to strengthen us by the, the beginning of the Aftaira is there for that. What does it say in the beginning of the Aftaira? First of all, the Yidavtaira tells us that the Yichus of Yirmiya is not to be counted by the Nachrim, the fact that he came from Rachav, but the, it says right away that he was Ben Chilkiyo Minakayanim. You have a glorious background as well. And because you come from a high level, therefore you have nothing to be afraid of. Don't be afraid of them because I am with you. And you have the ability to be able to deal. You, I'm making you into a Navi for the Goyim, for the, for the nations out there, not only within the Jewish community, but even for the nations and kingdoms out there. You'll be able to deal with them as well. And just like it is true of uh, uh, the, the, the bigger picture, it's also true for every yid in their own personal life. As we know that when the Neshama comes down into the body, that's like going into Golas, similar to the three weeks that we're going into. Because the three weeks represent the three levels of Bri, Yitzir, Asiyah, the Neshama comes from a very high level and then has to go into the um, impure worlds of Bri, Yitzir, Asiyah, because even in Bria there is already an element of Ra, needless to say in Asiyah. So if the Neshama should be afraid to come into this world, so that the, the, the prophecy says, before I created you, this is quoting from the, from the prophecy, from uh, the Haftarah, before I created you in your mother's womb, I already knew you and I already appointed you, and before you came, were born into the world, I sanctified you as a prophet to the nations. Which means to say that Abisha says to the Neshama, don't be afraid of going into the world, into this impure world, into the world of concealment. I have, I have appointed you, I made this all, I know all about the future, I gave you the strength to deal with it. I gave you an Neshama which comes from a place higher than the world of darkness that you're going into. I taught you the whole Torah when you were in your mother's womb. And even though it's true that you forget the Torah, the Malach comes and makes you forget the Torah, but that only means that you forget on the outside you forget it, but internally you still retain it. You still have the inspiration of the Torah. And when you learn it later, you'll be able to easily connect to it because you were taught it before. And you have that strength to be able to to confront the world that you're going to. So the Neshama says what Yirmiya said, but I don't know anything. I am a young lad. What do I know? What the Neshama is saying there, it's true that from my Neshama there are all these powers and that I was taught the Torah. But the way I am now in the world, I don't remember the Torah. I have no, my body has no powers. I have to deal with the world, the reality of the world. How am I supposed to deal with that? So to that, the Abishta answers, do not say that I am a lad because, and go to wherever I send you. Do not be afraid of them because I am with you, which means 
not only was I with you in your neshama when you were being taught the Torah, I am with you in the world as you are now as well. I am with you in the darkness, and you have all that it takes to be able to confront it. And that's why the Torah, the, the, the Haftarah gives us that whole introduction, because before we go into an element of darkness, to a period of darkness in the world in general, the three weeks, or as we are born with, our, with a mission, Hashem needs to strengthen us and tell us that we have a, a past, we have a neshama, Hashem is with us now, and we have the ability to confront everything that we need and to be able to be successful in our mission to the world until Mashiach will come, Elio is Mashiach, that will bring the good news of the Gaul of Bemheir Amen.